What's up, crew? Welcome to another CloverTech podcast uh, for the matter of the record, I guess, March the 5th, 2021 today. So welcome. Uh, we've got our good friend Mark from uh, Umarex Air Guns as well as Axion Optics. Probably talk a little bit more about that uh, here shortly. But uh, if you're joining us live, remember that you can participate in the chat over there, the live chat. So as we're moving forward, we're going to do a little bit of screen sharing and other things as we move forward. If you've got questions uh, for myself, for Mark, uh, you got to throw them out there in the live chat. Uh, we're going to shame those that are in replay. But if you are in replay, welcome to this as well. Whatever podcast format or anything that you're on out there, welcome. And remember that you can always join these lives be part of the uh, conversation but uh, that doesn't mean you're exempt from being able to ask questions and that sort of things wherever you're at in replay there's probably comments below so use those and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna jump into it i don't have a uh i don't have a lot of groundwork to lay for mark because he's been on the show many times before so we're just gonna bring you in buddy and uh start having a conversation so how you been Man, I've been good. It's been a little while since I've talked with you, but uh, yeah, it's things been going pretty smooth here. We've been busy, busy, busy. Right now, with um, with the weather, you guys are up there in Arkansas, so not too terribly far away. Yeah. Uh, how that how that weather affect you guys? Was it pretty rough? You know, for the first time ever, the inclement weather wasn't preceded or teamed up with a bunch of ice, so you could actually still drive around really easy. Uh, I even took my son's two-wheel drive truck out a time or two and uh, and got around okay. Uh, so I was very thankful that, you know, we had like a, a real good snow like what you have up in the north part of the country and you could actually still get around. I mean, the temperatures were brutal. Uh, there were so many broken pipes and businesses shut down for lack of gas and such. But we kept rolling around, uh, around here, so we were good. Right. So the facilities there, the manufacturing facilities, whatnot, everything okay. No, yeah, yeah, no well, damage to the, to the building and stuff. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, a little bit different situation here. We did get into some sleet. You know, we had those two rounds that happened. Yeah. And that second round was more sleet than anything. And so, uh, yeah, it was a little touch and go. It was a little iffy, but we fared, we fared well, uh, compared to a lot of folks here in Texas, man, it was a lot of folks here in Texas, not prepared for it. Um, it's the worst I've seen it yeah. here in Texas. Um, that being said, I'm not going to be one of these folks that say, um, it was an apocalyptic level event or anything like that. I've seen it bad here a couple of times. So, uh, there are some people that I'm, I'm sure in their lifetime, have never seen it get anything like that. But if, if we rank this, what everybody's calling the snowmageddon, I guess, if we rank this at a 10 being the worst and we call this a 10, I've certainly seen eights here before. So, yeah. uh, and it's because of the ice, it's because of what you mentioned. I can remember probably 20 years ago now, um, man was without power about a week. Um, uh, and it was a, it was a straight up ice storm. Wasn't any snow to it. It was all ice. And so yeah. cold temperatures and, and uh, of course, no power makes it even colder. Um, yeah, let's jump into. I can uh, I can screen share here. Let's jump into some stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. Now, you said that as far as product wise, with Umarex and uh, and Axion, with no shot show, y'all are. You said earlier, I think in the in the private chat, y'all are staggering the product rollouts, right? Sure. Yeah, and I think a lot of companies are doing that this year because it gives them an advantage of you know being able to bring a product to market at the same time, make an announcement and say, Hey, yo, you can go and buy it at your local, whatever, uh, or order it, whatever. So we're just kind of going that route with a lot of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a different approach, but, uh, I think it's going to end up being better because, you know, one of the most disappointing things is being able to hear about something that's cool at shot show and they're like, well, six or eight months from now you can get it. So <laughs> right. rather than just, dragging people out let's say hey we'll drop some stuff out throughout the year yeah yeah but there's a you know there's something about missing the shot show too though with the just with the electricity and you know yeah. i don't know i mean i'm coming from obviously from a creator standpoint uh got no experience with actually being a manufacturer there but 
I, I got to figure you guys have that same experience, right? Oh, certainly. Yeah. And that's, it's been a big letdown. You know, everybody, you know, there's, there's kind of a drag about going to Vegas because it is a lot of work and, you know, you have these long days, you're standing up the whole time, you're talking 12 hours a day and, and it is hard. But at the same time, here we are, you know, a month or so removed from when this would have been and everybody's kind of like, you know, I missed it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It kind of, it doesn't necessarily hit you, hit you at the time. You know, it's yeah. like, you don't know what you got until it's gone sometimes. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately. So let's jump in. We've got a couple of questions uh, out there. And remember, if you're in the live chat and are joining us, welcome. Remember, you can throw those questions out there or if you're in replay, comments down below. Um, we've got Calaveras. He's got kind of a, a general air gun question that I'm sure you can probably answer. He said he's heard that air guns can be hard on optics due to the different recoil impulse. Do you, does Axion design its their optics uh, to withstand that particular impulse? Yeah, the truth is no, and the other truth is hardly anybody does. Uh, there's just a couple of optics out there that are really built tough enough to take air gun recoil. Uh, what you have for a standard rifle, you have bracing behind the lens on this side. You know, you got a lens on there, and then so you get the brace behind it, and then you got a little bit of brace in front of it. Not much, usually, it's just kind of screwed in there. But what happens on an air gun is you get initially a push back, and then when that piston stops, you get a push forward too, and that's what destroys the scope. Uh, these scopes just like most any other scope that you can you can imagine you can you can go down through the litany of of different brands and matter of fact i had a conversation with a guy in certain when, when i worked in service and he told me the names of the scopes that he had bought he'd spent good money on these things and every one of them his air gun cracked uh, but uh yeah these are not like you can use them on it and just like any other scope, it's going to last for a while, but eventually the, the, the spring-powered type air gun is going to get the best of that scope no matter what it is. Right. So, I mean, we're not even – we're talking – and we're are we talking – because he, he's got me confused out there. Are we talking off-the-shelf Walmart-priced air guns, or are we talking like some of the stuff we're probably going to get into a little later with Umarex and the, and the bigger, more high-powered stuff, or does I it mean, matter? Anything that's spring-powered. So, I mean – the RWS 75 was a seven, $800 spring powered air gun. Now uh -huh. the, the difference on it was it, it had two pistons. It had one going this way and one going that way. And they were balanced and timed and they were virtually recoil free for that reason. They were, they were made for competition shooting. Uh -huh. uh, you know, but that's kind of, it's overly complex and it's kind of antiquated technology for the same because what came about was pre-charged pneumatics. Now pre-charged pneumatics are, that's the white hot area of air gunning right now. Uh, virtually no recoil. They shoot hard. They're extremely accurate. And you certainly don't have to worry about, you know, issues with your optic. You know, you're not going to shake apart a scope with a, with a gun that has no recoil. Right. Right. Okay, I got you. So the, the key to that is what type of air gun you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and pre-charged, what does that mean by pre-charged? Is that CO2 or... Compressed air, Natural all air. of the above. Yeah, so you uh, pre-charged pneumatic air guns usually use a, an onboard tank on the gun that holds between, depending on what the gun's for, if it's competition shooting, it may be around 2,000 PSI. A lot of hunting type guns that, you know, you want some capacity on there. So those will be pressurized at 4,500 PSI, which is an incredible amount of power and pressure stored in a tank. But uh that's that's where things are heading right now. Gotcha. And, and CO two is that considered precharged as well? CO two is CO two, so it's a, it's a much lower pressurized gas. Uh, CO two pressurizes inside of a, a cartridge uh -huh. at around eight hundred and fifty psi. Right. The temperature does affect that somewhat, so it'll fluctuate. It may get a little higher, it may go a little lower. Okay, I got you. Uh, he's got another one out there, actually on actually on. Uh, on the scopes, he says for short range moving targets, does Axion offer any true one power variable options? Yeah, my favorite scope in the whole line is the one to six. Uh, just a simple mill dot one to six 20 by 24 scope. Yeah, you got it lined up there. Uh, 
that little scope, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on it because it, it does everything that you need it to and nothing that you don't need it to. So I set it up on my AR, um, zeroed in. Uh, I think I used just used regular 100-yard zero on it. And uh, it's so easy to work with. It just put it on there. Got one one power there for, you know, both eyes open, right up close. You can you can see everything that you need to. It's a cool scope. It's great value, too. Right. Yeah, that uh, jumped over there and looked. But, yeah, I mean, I've got a – I've got another brand that is similar. Um. And yeah, it's actually what I guess most, I'm not going to mention the name here, of course, but most would consider that a, uh, uh, the one I've got anyway, cheap, <laughs> cheap junk. Uh, and it was, it was that price. So, uh, that ghost tactical out there, he says he's actually getting ready to pick up, um, the, the one to six or, uh, some comparisons. He says that he's doing on some, uh, LPVOs. So, and that's a pretty that's a pretty straightforward design on that, and those are also popular too. So, is that when we're talking about Axion and and the different optics you guys got? Is this one of the more popular? You said it was one of your favorites, of course. Is it yeah, one of the more favorites. popular? Um, and and that one is amongst some of our users. It's been pretty popular too. Um, probably the most popular would be the Dog Soldier Predator Scope, right? Uh, which I tried to find one to bring it in here, but. <laughs> I was not successful. They're that they're that popular. You don't even have any laying around. Oh my goodness! So we, uh, yeah, we ran out. Uh, you said the predator, right? Dog yeah, soldier predator. It's this one right here. And uh, four to sixteen by 50, 30 millimeter tube, illuminated mill dot reticle. And uh, so we partnered with Steve Kreiner. He's a uh, he's a predator hunter that goes way back, and uh -huh. uh, uh, he told us what he kind of wanted in a predator scope and uh we said okay we'll build you one and that's what it turned out so you know it's it, it is a second focal plane scope uh it is mill dot it's kind of a modified mill dot so you can kind of keep up with things a little bit better in there so it's got some alternate shapes uh on, on the reticle there but uh low profile turrets uh and like I said, we can't keep that one in stock. It's we just now got another shipment of it, so we probably have them in stock at the moment. But uh, they've been flying off the shelves. Right. Um. Oh, it was Caliber. Okay, him. You know, I've got Caliber and Ghost Tactical out there in the chat. We're talking. So, uh, yeah, since we're already here and we're uh, kind of looking at the, the Axion stuff. Uh, Anything new that we should talk about in here with Axion? Um, yeah, there's a couple. Now, this one here that I've been showing before, uh, this is a 6 by 24 This We just started shipping this one in the last couple of months. Uh, so it's 30-millimeter tube. Uh, of course, it's got quick-adjust turrets on it. Uh, it it's a, like I said, 6 by 24 50-millimeter uh, objective bell. And... Uh, it's it's you know it's one of those things another gun if you're looking for something to reach out to a longer distance it's everything that you need nothing you don't uh but this scope i have not tried it out myself i've got a fellow uh that's picked up one in northwest arkansas and he's been giving me some feedback on it and he likes it so far but unfortunately he was he was sidelined with the surgery so he's, he's in recovery mode right now but uh, these have actually since we got these in these have been selling really well too Awesome. Uh, the Black Cat Outdoors out there says, uh, do y'all have any fixed power options? I don't I wish remember seeing did. any. Yeah, I wish we did. My favorite scope on earth is a fixed four power. Uh, right. But, I think a lot of people, I think for a lot of people it's that way. Yeah, fixed yeah. four or fixed six. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have anything like that right now. Um, who knows? Something may happen in the future. Well, y'all have added a lot of models, I know, over the last, just over the last couple of years. Yeah. So. Um, has the, the pandemic stuff and everything last year, has that affected what you guys are able to do as far as R&D and, and coming up with new models? I know there's been some industry talk. I've heard other people talk about raw materials and um, just the manufacturing process with all the restrictions and stuff going into that. Sure. To the best of my knowledge, our R&D has been sailing along 
Nice. Pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. We've been able to keep working. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, once in a while with the engineer, he'll grab me and say, Hey Mark, come down here to the lab. Let's look at some stuff. And so he's like showing me all the stuff and it blows my mind what they're working on. But, you know, you know, it's what, what's going to make it into production. You know, it's one of those things. So right. there, are, there is some cool stuff, especially on the air gun side. Uh, coming right. Uh, that ghost out there talking about, he's talking about reticles. He's saying with the, with the LV, uh, LPVOs, I always alternate those letters for whatever, the LPVOs. Um, have y'all gotten much feedback on uh, folks that want a BDC-style reticle in those? No, actually, not that I've, I've heard. Um, my, my thing on the BDC type is, you know, if you change calibers or right. the barrel length is out of whack or, you know, go subsonic or something like that, all of a sudden that stuff just it's off, you know, yeah. and with mill dot, it's a little bit more friendly that way, you, you, you know, your sub ditches between there, then you can figure everything out easier. Right. Yeah. You can kind of do your own math. Yeah. Um, that, that's why I've, I've, I've always leaned toward the dot. Um, the, the stuff like, like the BDC stuff when it's on its own. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're right. Any little tweak, um, and and even with any little tweak, you got to find the right ammunition, right? So I mean, even if you're running, let's say a standard AR platform, uh, and you're running, you know, a 55 grain FMJ, you pick the you pick the ammo, you know, yeah. just a, a training type ammo, uh, NATO cart, whatever, uh, and then you go to for whatever reason, especially right now, considering you can't find ammo, right? And then maybe you got to go to a 62 grain or maybe you got to go to a 54 or 52 or even a 48 or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah you're, you got to do the math anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately. So, so uh, also probably the last thing on the Axion side yeah. uh, is we've, of course this was one we've been beating around on, but that is a micro pistol light. And this is coming out real soon As a matter of fact i think we've probably already started shipping them oh wow okay yeah sweet so it looks a lot like uh as far as size wise on the surefire xc series lights mm -hmm. and kind of works the same nice and bright uh fits really and well on a, here is uh, that a light laser combo no it's just the light this is just, just the light the okay light. i think it's rated at 300 lumens uh single uh triple a battery to power and uh most of your full-size type handguns is going to fit on really well. When you get to your subcompacts, you probably you may run into some because uh, the bar is up here, so you may you may run into some issues with fit right. there. But but for most of your you know standard you know like a Glock 19 Smith uh, Smith and Wesson M&P uh, Wolf and PPQ, it should fit just fine on stuff like that. Right, right, and that's uh. Is that out now, or is it coming coming soon? Or I, I believe we've actually just received. Uh, we're, we're kind of waiting on the press, really, on that. We got we got several going out to some testers and such. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to try to make a splash on that here and do a press release on it probably in the next couple of weeks. Right. Well, since we since we we talked about the the that light there, and we're talking about lights, I want to jump over here to one uh, that we talked about before. Y'all had these yeah. for a while now, which is the shotgun lights. Um, these are freaking cool. Uh, for those that, for those that don't know, these exist. Um, great idea, right? Cause uh, you know, people use the clamps and they'll clamp a regular shotgun on the barrel of a regular light on the, on a shotgun barrel and all this other stuff. Uh, these are in line and actually go on to the, uh, uh, of course that's, that's a laser that says, but, um, yeah, these go onto the tube, right, Mark? That's right. So basically it's going to take the place of your magazine end cap. You know, the, there's pluses and minuses with this. When we were designing this, we were like, well, I know we're not, we're not going to be able to hit everybody and make everybody happy. But so we just did the best we could uh, because those magazine end caps, the, the shotgun headspace is off of that measurement. Mm -hmm. So when it's torqued down to the proper spec, that's how your head spacing works. So if it's not done right, it's just not going to work. Right. And it could be disastrous. Uh, so there's three models that this fits on. Your Remington 870s, your Mossberg 500s, and your Winchester SXPs. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, the SXPs 
use the same part for the 1200s and the 1300s as well. Right. So there's, there is quite a few shotguns that this will fit. Yeah. That's, that's one reason I kind of wanted to talk about this is, um, I got, I've got a Grisson MC312 Sport right now that I don't envision putting this on that particular shotgun. But in talking with, uh, with Keith from EAA a couple of weeks ago or so on the podcast, it came up that the thread pattern they use on that uh, is Remington. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's good to know that you have to, I'm glad you brought it up, that you've got to be mindful of that. Um, you know, of that pattern. Uh, and if you're out there and you've got something that's not a Remington Winchester, you know, double check and make sure because a lot of the manufacturers nowadays, especially your Turkish shotguns, uh, they're ten they tend to go with something standard. That way there's some aftermarket compatibility. So um, it used to not be that way. Once upon a time, and uh, you've been around like me, Mark, long enough to know this. Once upon a time, if it come from outside the United States, you can pretty much forget finding parts for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just not the case anymore, thankfully. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, yeah, on the uh, on the Axion side, uh, anything else, Mark, that we should cover? Uh, no, I think that's pretty well what we wanted to talk about for them. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gizzard's asking anybody else here in the uh, clicking in the background. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of uh, feedback, Gizzard, not uh, uh, some type of a microphone pop or something. I don't know that there's a whole lot we can do about it, unfortunately. Could be worse. So, uh, yeah, we're, I guess we'll move on to uh, to Umarex then, right? Yeah, let's talk about some Umarex stuff. Let's, uh, what are, yeah, what do we got? Well, let's we'll start kind of at the, the bottom end and work our way up. So okay. one of the things that we were, we dreamed up a few years ago, Cliff uh, Eisenbarger over on our elite force side, which is primarily airsoft. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they were at some events, different things. They were like, you know, the dart guns, the, the like the Nerf dart gun type things. Like why won't, why couldn't we just put CO2 behind this and make a, you know, a really badass dart launcher. And so they did made it, they made a simple, dart launcher that uses you know your standard uh foam dart and made it co2 powered so this is a co2 nerf gun essentially this this little thing hits pretty hard for a a pistol and you don't have to have a you know you're not shoving something back between each shot to cock it and now you know of course it is single shot so you kind of have to load it one at a time like this but 12 grams co2 these things are so fun. Uh, I don't think there's an office that needs to be without a, a set of these, you know, <laughs> right. office dart war. Right. But, but so there's, of course, you can do team stuff. They, they come out with uh, two different colors. You can get oh, okay. Red or orange or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, these things are such a blast. And of course, the, the logical extension of that was, well, we need something else to go with it. And so we made this one here. Nice. So it looks like AR-15. You put your darts in here. It's got CO2, CO2 powered. And uh, so the magazine doesn't advance by itself. So the handle up here will actually work a bolt inside of it to advance to your So it's like, a, it's like a pump action, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But this, this one here shoots, I think, if I remember right, about 160 feet per second. And these are probably somewhere around the 130, 140 feet per second with these. Wow. But such a blast. These these are so cool. So that's one thing when uh, when we look at that, you know, you, you look at the the nerf and even the knockoff nerf stuff that's out there. A lot of that is you, you find very few things that are realistic ergonomic wise, right? And that's, that's one thing that sticks out with both of those is size, dimension, feel, all of that is kind of has that tr- like traditional firearm feel, but in that dart, nerf, whatever you want to call it, platform. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's that's one thing that we wanted to do intentionally was not make a space gun. We wanted something that was you know something identifiable, mm-hmm. and uh, you know for a, a toy store, they're probably not going to go for it, but. You know, all your other places, they're like down with it, and people are people love it. So. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I honestly don't see what difference it, it makes myself. Uh, yeah, they're talking out there. Now, Mark has has uh, joined us at the uh, at the Tulsa show and everything before. But, uh, yeah, Calaveras and Ghost yeah. out there talking about uh, need to bring some of those down next Tulsa and we can have a Nerf war in the parking lot. No kidding. <laughs> so, That'll, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, what else we got? Well, um, this one here, of course, this is a very familiar Walter PPQ platform uh -huh. here. Uh, but this is, we've, we've had a pellet gun version of it. It's actually a BB pellet gun. Right. Uh, but it uses the traditional, well, with, with the Walter system, the traditional eight-shot eight, eight shot rotary disc, and it wasn't blowback. Oh, okay. So we wanted to change that. So this is a blowback version pellet uh, gun. So it uses a belt. Uh, you probably can't see here other than just to, to say it's black, but uh, oh, I'll see. Okay. Like, like, a, yeah. so that's like a belt. So you load your pellets in that. And as you would pull the trigger in advance, it'll, you know, launch up the pellet, but you also get blowback action with it too. So that's a big thing these days. People are having a difficult time finding ammo, of course, and they're looking for alternative platforms to train with. Right. And something like this, the bl the blowback action pistol, you know, most of the time they're available in BB or, or six millimeter airsoft. Well, this one here is going to be uh, 177 pellet. So it gives you a little bit more options there as far as what you can shoot at. Lead's right. a little bit more friendly to shoot at steel. You don't have to worry about ricocheting all that much. Right. But yeah, it's got the, the same ergonomics and functionality with the exception of last round hold open. That's the only thing that this one doesn't have on your last shot. You're not going to get the hold open, whereas the BB versions will. Uh, but yeah, this is this should be shipping out here pretty soon. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Especially as hot as that that Walther PDP seems to be right now, you know. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know that's yeah. a that's a nice training tool and and just to just to kind of double up here we're talking air guns here uh, for the the YouTube gods that may be out there or whatever these are not firearms so exactly. uh, we're not breaking any rules here by the way exactly. uh, <laughs> important that we that we note that um, for those that that might be out there in replay especially in the audio podcast where my apologies for. Uh, potentially showing things here on the screen that you're not going to be able to see. Uh, but you can always jump over. Uh, we've been screen sharing here, uh, axionoptics.com, uh, and soon to screen share, I'm sure, uh, memorexusa.com. So you can, always, you can always go over there and uh, and take a look at the, the various products and stuff. Just kind of jot down the name of what we're talking about here and go over there and, uh, and look it up for yourself. Um, so yeah, moving on. What's the next next goodie? Sure. Well, probably uh, we've we've entered into a new product category. It's actually been around under the Umarex umbrella for for a good long while, but uh, we've we've kind of rebranded it and refocused our efforts on it. And that that would be into paintball. Uh, there's in the in the sport of paintball, there are people who are looking for magazine fed paintball guns. Now, I didn't grab a whole lot of them to bring in here, but we've got uh, Smith & Wesson M&P is represented in the in a 43 caliber paintball. Uh, we've got the Walther PPQ represented in that same caliber. Uh, and then we've got like a couple of guns that would be good for like bad guy guns. We've got a little revolver. It's like a double action only revolver that shoots a 50 caliber uh, paintball gun. And then we've got this one here, which Looks like a double barrel. I'm not gonna point it directly at the camera, but this is a double barrel. See, so you can see down the. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So this is this shoots 68 caliber. Uh, Whoa. Paintball, paintball. rubber, uh, OC, pepper ball stuff. So yeah, this. It, of course, it's a little bit different than a traditional double action. This right here is your on a double action, or I'm sorry, a double barrel opens your breech up. But this one, it's got a button under here that opens the breech. But so this right here is your barrel selector. So right, left, or both. Oh, really? Powered by CO2, uh, single 12 gram CO2 cartridge here. And on these, because a lot of them are, we're actually using these for law enforcement 
uh, training. So, uh-huh. so one of the things that you want to be able to do with CO2 is to not abuse the valve by leaving CO2 charged in it too long. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but this uses a quick pierce system. So once you get the CO2 cartridge put in here, when you're ready to use it, pop that and the CO2 engages and you're ready to shoot the gun. So, oh, okay. So you can leave the cartridge in there, but there's not that pressure coming from the cartridge. Exactly. And that's one of the things, you know, we talked about PCPs and CO2 guns. It's one of the differences between those two platforms is on a, on a CO2 powered air gun, you never want to leave a CO2 cartridge in it for an extended period of time. If, okay. you're, if you're going to go back the next day and shoot it, you don't want to do that because it's bad on that seal. <clears throat> Excuse me. But with a PCP, those you can leave pressurized because those things are designed from the get-go to hold thousands of PSI. Right. Uh, but on right. CO2, you don't want to do that. Now, where is the, as far as the, the, with CO2 or whatever, what is the, what's the failure point on that? Do you know? Uh, you mean? Like if you, if you leave it, if you left it pressurized for oh. a longer period of time. There, there's a couple of other factors involved. Uh, whether you, the, the seal's been over tightened when you're when you're going to puncture the seal, if you put right. too much force on it, the the cartridge itself will start to spin and that'll tear. There's a little rubber or uh-huh. gasket at the top and it'll tear it. Right. Uh, so you know. And then you'll never. And then you'll never get a seal again. Basically, is what you're. Yeah. What so you're what saying. we always recommend is when you're putting a new co2 cartridge in an air gun put a drop of silicone oil down on the tip of that co2 cartridge before you stick it in there that helps make that thing slick it helps keep that seal down inside it'll absorb that silicone oil and so that helps keep them healthy okay okay yeah. great tip yeah they're liking the uh, they're liking that little shotgun yeah uh, this mad, thing is bad this mad is, max this... shotgun they're saying so oh, yeah so yeah. It's actually got a little Picatinny rail right here. I know it's so dark you can't see it, but uh, but it's got a section of Picatinny rail there. So it needs a paint it. job. That's my only thing. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's too black there. Too it's, black, it's, yeah, but yeah, the light changed there a little bit. But, but I can uh, I can always rattle can it right. I reckon uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Spruce it up. You can make it look like the uh, look like the Mad Max there. So yeah, yeah that's that's cool. Um, and, and yeah, there's a lot of things, I guess, that, you know, when you're talking about these and you're talking about the paintball, I mean, uh, you've got the paintball, the pepper balls, the, the rubber ball. I mean, you got a lot of, you have a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, with just the various things that you can, uh, you can shoot out of it, I, I suppose. Yeah. And, and of course, that's, you know, that sort of thing has been on a lot of people's mind this, this last year, especially. And we actually started working on, something else in this line a long time before that and that was what materialized into this product here this is a uh, essentially designed for self-defense or home defense you know where in a place where you can't have a gun or you don't want to carry a gun uh this is, is kind of that product so this is 50 caliber and this is coming with uh pepper there's two versions of it. there's one that has rubber and dust balls that come with it and then there's one that comes with uh, uh, pepper. Mm-hmm. And so this is 50 caliber. It's powered by the same 12 gram CO2 and uses that same quick charge mechanism. Uh, but so this, this is designed for somebody that, you know, around their house, you know, that if they can't have a gun or whatever, they can use this to kind of help keep things under wraps. But wow. so pepper, pepper balls and, and such, you know, it's going to launch out at a, fairly substantial you don't want to get hit with velocity you're going to feel it and then of course with the pepper option uh make you very uncomfortable once it does hit you right right and uh, is that a single shot so this holds i believe six. Oh, okay yeah so it, it actually there's a loading port here and on underneath mm-hmm. and then a follower over here on the side that you just pull that back load your ammo Okay. The, the hole there, and then the, once the followers released, it pressurizes it. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's going to be like a double action trigger. Uh huh. So, in order to to feed the next ball up into the the barrel, so you're going to have a little bit kind of a long. It's not heavy, but it, it's kind of a long trigger pull on it. But it it's, it works really nice for what it is. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And and I guess those uh 
you know, the slide, do those reciprocate when it fires or is it? Is On this one, no. So this one's designed okay. uh, kind of to be more effective at what sure. it's doing. Uh, on the uh, the Walter Smith and Wesson, and then we got the one that's called the TP1. Uh, it's a duty uh, version of these. It fits in all duty holsters. <laughs> uh, there's some, right. there's some legalese that's behind that that we can't sure. say words. Uh, while we do own a license for uh, Glock air guns, that one's a little bit murky. I don't know the details of that. But right. on those versions of the air, uh, I'm sorry, of the uh, paintball guns you get uh reciprocating blowback action on those and uh they're also available so they're going to use a magazine that's more like this the co2s in it and uh there's most of them have two versions of the magazine it's going to be a standard version like this that pierces when you put the co2 in there or a quick uh pierce version as well right so yeah i didn't bring one of those with me yet. They get stuff scattered all over the building. I'm just well, it, it would <laughs> it would stand a reason to me that if it if the air it's powered by air, of course, and if the air has to actuate that slide, that's less air going to the to actually pushing the projectile out, right? So it's Precisely. less efficient that way. That's right, and that's why on this version here they went with a design where it's going to get all the CO two maximum, the yeah. Yeah. maximum efficiency yeah. got it yeah that makes sense now as far as color scheme um uh, we you see that all the time and and it, what is the deal with air guns and they have to have orange or they have to have whatever because yeah. some of your some of those the the shotgun didn't the one of the handguns does one of them doesn't is there a rhyme or reason to that well with the uh, with the dark stuff, we wanted it to just be colorful, to you know, not to be able to be just confused. To easily uh, tell, yeah, easily tell, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but with airsoft, uh, airsoft pistols, they will all. Of course, I didn't bring one of those in here either, but they will all have an orange tip on them because airsoft is intended to be shot at other people in airsoft play or military. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, now you don't have to shoot it, but that's just the way that they are. And right. in fact, uh, of course, California is always the fly in the ointment, but California requires additional orange markings on various parts of the gun. There'll be, you know, there's so many inches, I think is the way they figure it gotcha. uh, for an airsoft product. So that kind of makes it a, a pain for us as a manufacturer. Do we come up with a special skew to send to California or do we let the dealers in California modify with tape or paint or whatever? And, and so there's, there's been a couple of models that we've made that had the orange marking for California, but I think most of the time on the higher end stuff, especially the dealers are modifying it there. Uh, but yeah, that's the whole deal with a, with a, this gun here at one seven seven, whether it was BB or pellet, if you were to shoot this at somebody, it's going to hurt them. Um, well, sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's going to break skin. It's going to hurt bad. Even if you've got like a coat on or something like that, it's, gonna, it's not going to feel pleasant. Right. But air soft. While there's nothing soft about it, you feel it. It hurts. Um, there's a heck of a lot less chance of somebody getting severely injured with it. That being right. said, PPE, protect those eyes, protect your mouth. You don't want to eat a BB because they are my boss, JB, the marketing manager. Uh, he was doing an event uh, with Airsoft and uh, he caught one in his tooth and it chipped his tooth. He had to make an emergency trip to the dentist. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Black Cat out there, he says, yeah, air gun check is crazy anymore. Long stretch since his, since his 760 pump master. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, heck yeah. Calaveras out there says, uh, that he apologizes on behalf of California. So there you go. <laughs> um, now he says, are there any large bore air guns, uh, that, that will fit something like a, a steel or marble or, or an actual projectile. Okay. And y'all so, do have some sure enough air guns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, the hammer, which I don't have one of those in here. There's a couple of other guns in here. I'll, uh, I'll screen. I can screen share here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Find that. Let me get that done. But the again, hammer is 50 caliber. Um, it's a pre-charged pneumatic. It pressurizes the onboard tank at 4,500 PSI. 
in terms of energy, think of it like a 20 gauge shotgun or a, like a muzzle loader. It, it makes a tremendous amount of energy. Right. Uh, we've got projectiles as heavy as 550 grains. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. This is not a, your, 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 uh, your, your grandkids BB gun. Uh, this thing is serious. Right. The uh, hammer, the hammer 850. Uh, no, that's a Hammer Lee. That's 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 a. Oh, that's a Hammer Lee. Lee. Okay, I see it yeah. now. I can't. I can't read. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Would it be under the air guns here? Did Did you search just the word hammer? No, I didn't. Try, that would be that. that would be sometimes easier. It's, it's a little than, harder to find. Uh, Umarex Hammer 50 caliber air gun, there air rifle. Go. There she is. So, uh, so here you go, Calaveras, working on it. Uh, now I know you've addressed this before, but on the, something like the hammer, about how many shots per tank on this one, it dumps a tremendous amount of air behind that. Slug. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine 50, 550 grains, what you said. I imagine yeah. so. So this one, you're going to get three full power shots out of it. Um, and the neat thing about this one is, is that you've got two shots right off the bat. It's, it's a simple bolt action. Uh, uses a uh, two-shot magazine uh, that uh, once you actuate the bolt, you get access to that second shot. So if you do need a follow-up shot, you've got it that fast. Yeah, that uh, man, that just looks looks tough. Now, yeah. what's the most you know when you're dealing with with something like the hammer here? Uh, somebody's thinking about getting into some of the really high-end air rifles like this. What is the best way to go about, in your opinion, what's the best way to go about, uh, especially if you're going to use them, you know, whether you're playing with them, hunting with them, whatever, uh, on a regular basis, what's the best way to get into charging these, being able to charge these? Um, while it's possible, there are hand pumps. It's not recommended. That that gun has about a 24 cubic inch tank and mm -hmm. to get a tank that big pressurized up to 4,500 PSI um, from experience, it took me about 625 strokes of a hand pump. to do. Oh. oh, so I started on it the night before I did about halfway. And then the next morning I got up and, and finished it off and, and it's a pretty good workout. Uh, but most people, if you're wow. looking to get into a big bore air gun that, that consumes so much air, uh, you're going to want a either an electric pump or um, like a scuba type tank system that can fill up to that volume and and, and the pressure that you need. Right. We actually just come out with uh, our own electric pump. Uh, right. It's called the Ready Air, and so it's kind of for these guns. It'll it'll pressurize up to 4,500 psi. Um, it's, it's fantastic for filling up a tank that's on a gun like this or one of our other PCPs. Uh -huh. um, some, you know, a lot of people have kind of graduated into using, you know, like a scuba type tank to fill up. That's really right. not where this pump shines. Uh, it's meant to be portable. So you can power it off of 110 AC or 12 volt DC. Uh -huh. uh, but it's not meant to put pump up something that's got a you know a really huge volume of tank it's going to take too long uh so you're going to kind of mess with the with the tank with the uh, service cycle on this which when i say service cycle uh it is a maintenance-free design so once you get it plug it into your gun start pumping you don't have to put additional oil in it you don't have to run a radiator to cool it it's got circuitry in it to protect it from getting too hot uh -huh. um and it's kind of a uses kind of a self-lubricating design, but after 20 hours, you are going to need to replace some O-rings and seals within it. Sure. So when I was talking about a service cycle, that's what I'm meaning on that is that with a lot of the the Chinese pumps that's came over, you've got to run a radiator or some other type of cooling system to keep it cool, uh, and you've got to keep the oil the right oil into it. It's got to be like a silicone oil so it doesn't explode on you because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> these things can turn into a bomb if you put a petroleum product on it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, this is such a great option here for, for somebody that's getting into air gun. It's, it's compared to like 
the the pump that a dive shop is going to use to, to use commercial, you know, be able to commercially fill a tank to 4,500 psi. Uh, this is a much more economical option. You know, you're talking about you want to spend three or four thousand dollars to get a pump, or like here you got you know for less than 600 bucks you can get a pump uh, and get into big bore air gun hunting if if that's what you want to do. Right. Right. Uh, now Moo out there, he says he has, uh, he said he has scuba tanks. Um, he's just curious. Do you know how many fills you can get with an 80 cubic foot tank on that hammer? Um, you can get several. I, I can't remember the number, but I want to say you're probably looking somewhere in, the, in excess of 20 at the very minimum. I'm thinking okay. If I remember right, it's around 30, 30, 33 fills or so out of it. Okay. At about three shots of fill, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that doesn't sound like a lot to me. <laughs> no. And, and one of the things that you can do to, to help economize your, your air usage would just be to hook the tank up to the gun's port. If you're going to like, you know, be zeroing it in or taking more. Oh. And so you can kind of, it's called tethering. And so you can actually maximize your fill pressure that way. It'll keep okay. the tank up inside the gun and, and use the most economic right. way you're getting your air. Not not good for portability, but if you're in a static place, then yeah, that, yeah. that sounds like the way to go. Yeah. Uh, now Wes brings up a good one with the with the hammer or any of the other ones really that are like compressed air. Uh, is is this one? Are the tanks interchangeable on this? And and or do you guys have models that work like that? Um, it's a yes and no on the hammer. No, the tank is static. It stays on the gun. There's no easy nice. way to expand it, make it into a bigger tank. Uh, on something like our Gauntlet series, uh -huh. uh, that one, you can change out the tank on it. The Gauntlet comes with a 13 cubic inch tank. And right off the bat, people started uh, like, man, I put a bigger tank on it. And there's some tank suppliers out there that uh, make a, you know, larger tank, you know, 23 cubic inch tank or something like that. And that gives you way more shots per fill. Um, and a lot of the guys that are actually getting into the PCP side, they're just like, uh, you know, gun guys messing with their guns. You know, there's, there's all sorts of tuning and, and modifications going on. So uh, the bigger tank on the gauntlet has been a, a big thing for people to do. Uh, there's a guy named uh, on social media he goes by hajimoto uh h-i-j-i-m-o-t-o -I, -I, I believe is how it's spelled mm -hmm. uh but he's like the doctor of gauntlets he he's got different springs and he polishes them up in certain places and and makes them into absolutely trick shooters these you know it's it's not bad out of the box and, I, and i've got an, an old one of the very first 22 caliber gauntlets that came out and uh you know, I was last night, I went out and, and at 100 yards, I had a little steel plate set up and first shot, ting, 100 yards, just nailed it. Wow. And, uh, but they, there's been a few changes along the way with production. They've become more accurate. They, you know, people are tuning them and doing other things to them. And it's, it's a great platform. And then you got to talk about in proportion to where PCP technology has been uh, five years ago. You couldn't get a PCP air rifle for less than 500 bucks, period. There, there was nothing out there. Mm -hmm. And chances are that air rifle would not have been regulated. And, and what that means is you're not getting the same power behind each shot. You're going to have kind of a, an arcing shot string, you know, right. tend to start off a little low, then it'll peak and, and have kind of a sweet spot. And then it'll start declining again. Uh, but with the gauntlet, though these are regulated. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's around 1,200 psi. It's somewhere in that ballpark. I can't remember exactly right. what it is. And in, in the 22, now the, there is a 25 caliber version of that as well, and it's regulated a little hotter. I think it's around 1,400 psi somewhere in there. Um, but with that being said, in 22 or 25, uh, we've seen people take. Uh, you know, not the huge hogs, but there's been a few guys hunt hogs with them, uh, javelina, coyotes, raccoons. You know, they, they'll take a, a lot of things. Um, the 25 caliber version, I want to say, is around 43 foot-pounds of energy. 
uh, in 22, you're looking around 24 foot pounds of energy. So, you know, it's, it's substantial. It's enough to get the job done on about any kind of small or medium sized game. Right. Right. Um, Calaveras out there says, uh, do these shoot, uh, non-lead ammo or is it all lead based? Uh, uh he says he has to hunt. He has to hunt with non-lead. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Out in California, there's a lead ban. Um, yeah, that's kind of a tough one for him. Well, as long as it's plated, right? I think plated counts, don't it? I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know if it does or not. Um, I'm going I'm to lie. I'm going to lie if I, if I settle on that. But I know that there is such a thing as plated as well. It doesn't yeah. have to be all non-lead. But California may, may want it all non-lead. Traditionally, with, with pellets, um, it's, it's a, an all-lead type platform. There are some uh, non-lead uh, pellets out there that are really, really lightweight. And about all those are really good for is creating velocity and cracking the speed barrier or the speed sound. And uh, they're right. not exactly very good for accuracy as a, as a historical thing. You know, they, right. they tend not to be very accurate because that extra velocity in the pellet shape just doesn't go for that. There's yeah. usually with, with air guns and pellets in particular, there's a sweet spot for accuracy. And it's, you know, you, you can go faster, but you, you start to degrade accuracy. But there's, you know, you find that sweet spot for your particular gun and the, and the pellet that you're shooting. It's just like anything else with a rifle. You're doing the same thing. You want a sweet spot to where, you know, your accuracy is, is you know, terminal where you want it because that will take care of everything else. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's confirming out there. He said, yeah, in California, no lead, period. Oh, wow. Uh, out there. So, yeah, that's that's not good. Um yeah, are you are you done, or you got more goodies? Um, I'll mention, and like I said, I'm, I'm such a terrible dude this today. I forgot to grab one of our Arrow products, but in the last year, oh. we introduced at Shot Show, yeah, um, some Arrow products. Uh, one of which is a precharged pneumatic power. You uh, call it the Air Saber, and so it shoots a you know full size arrow, about 23 inches long. Not something you'd want to shoot out of a regular bow. Uh, right. but it, it launches that, that arrow weighs about 370 plus or minus grains and it'll be traveling over 400 feet per second. Uh, once again, it is substantial in its energy. Uh, it'll take about anything on North America. Uh-huh. Um, of course we've got plans to take it to Africa, I'm sure. So, uh, see what we can harvest out there. But, um, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing, powerful product, very accurate, uh, and it's tank on it pressurizes around 3,300 pounds, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And it, it just launches a big, big arrow and it launches it fast. Now, I think that's the one. Did y'all have this one at, at shot 2020? This we one? did. Yeah, we okay. did. It actually, uh, we, because we took it to uh, uh, Athlon Outdoors Rendezvous and uh, with Ballistic Magazines, one of their publications, it, it, it won the uh, Ballistic best of the best award for 2020 and uh i forget what category it was but i remember i was just so thrilled when they brought that award by i was like man this is the coolest thing ever right now this being being air powered i'm assuming this doesn't fall into that archery category of hunting right exactly so as far as like in the places there are several states where you can legally hunt with this um it's for use in say like a rifle type season, a modern right. gun season. So, uh, you know, the laws on the air gun hunting side are changing. We're working with different departments of uh, resources and you know, natural resources and all that stuff to, uh, to, to come up with uh, a more of an understanding of what air is capable of doing. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's really, really fascinating is that, you know, these, and, you know, we're not the only manufacturer in this game, obviously, but there's, all sorts of air guns out there that are creating incredible amounts of power and, and people are looking, you know, they're looking for something different. Right. And, and, uh, this is something else that they can just add to that. And one of the things actually, uh, a veteran, uh, Mike Eslick up in, uh, or not, um, Oh, I, I just misspoke. It's not the right name. Uh, uh, up North air gunner. I'll just give him his handle up North air gunner. Uh, he's up in Michigan and, uh, as a veteran, he, when he came back, 
you know, he loved firearms, grew up around firearms all of his life, but he had a hard time going out to the range and shooting and even getting back into the woods and hunting. And he found that with a, with an air gun, he could still go out and do that. And it didn't, you know, trigger any PSD, PTSD or anything like that. And so he's been really working hard with the Michigan legislature in, in trying to get air gun laws changed up there. Right. <clears throat> and, and this is one of the products that he's, you know, very excited about is something like this, a, a, you know, an air archery device that, you know, you can harvest anything in North America with because it just makes a tremendous amount of power. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Wes says the air saber sounds awesome. Yeah. From what I remember, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool for sure. Now, have y'all looked into, I'm guessing maybe, maybe not, but, uh, or is there, would there be any advantage in going from the air saber with the arrows to going to something that uses bolts? Well, um, we do have something that's kind of like that. It's a CO2 powered gun. It's mm -hmm. a little smaller. Um, and you know, how I talked about CO2 being pressurized at a lower, uh, rate. This is mm -hmm. kind of a more of a backyard. Let's go have some fun with the kids and see what we can do type thing. But it uses a more of a bolt type arrow. Uh -huh. uh, and of course, the way both of these guns work is that the arrow is hollow. Uh, so the barrel, actually, the arrow will slide over the barrel, uh, which is a little bit different. Uh, so you're getting the launch, the pressure is actually coming out from the head of the arrow and kind of makes it sort of like a rocket in a way. Uh -huh. but um, it's, it's different. Now, the other thing it's also that kind of needs to be said with that is that you can't just go down to you know, your local department store and pick up arrows, take the knocks out and, and shoot them on either one of these. It'll blow them out because they'll just right. shatter. Uh, is that these, the, you're talking about the javelin? Yeah, both, both the air javelin and the air saber are both set up on the same type of system, but the air javelin is the CO2 powered, um, uh, Okay. Version there. So it, it, it can use an 88 gram uh, threaded CO2 cartridge on it. Right. Uh, or you can use an adapter and use 12 gram CO2s. The thing about the CO2 is you can go just about anywhere and find a 12 gram non threaded CO2. Uh, the 88 grams, you're probably going to end up having to order because those are just not found everywhere. Right. Uh, so with it with an adapter i think the adapter is like 30 dollars, and you can make use of uh all the 12 gram co2s you want to with that right one of that in that particular configuration there that air javelin just looks space aged oh my goodness so <laughs> that last year at shot uh there were a couple of representatives from amazon they come by uh -huh. and these were not gun culture girls at all and they were frightened of everything they saw out there. And I, I got them both. I said, okay, you've got to shoot this thing because this is nothing but 100% fun. This is made to put smiles on people's faces. And it's not loud. It's not going to kick. And both of those young ladies, uh, just like I said, they left our booth with the biggest smile on their face because everything else, you know, there's handguns and rifles and all sorts out there at the range sure. today. And they were intimidated by all that stuff. And this, they were just like, oh, my gosh, we've got to get one of these. Right. I want to jump over to, because I definitely wanted to hit on this one. I kind of promised everybody this before. Uh, and I know y'all got two versions of this one. If I can find it. Oh, where's that darn thing? That revolver you had in the picture. What's the name of that one? Oh, oh, here is it that, is. That's the TR-50. GR-50. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not, I put that one back on the dude's desk. I stole it off of when I, after I took the picture. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, so that, that that falls into the 50 oh, caliber uh, paintball type device. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ones you showed earlier in the podcast. Uh, yeah. This is just the revolver version. Yeah. So... Uh, uses a six shot rotary disc magazine. Uh, you can see there on the side, there's a lot of a little indention there. That's uh -huh. the magazine release. Just pop that forward and lock the little lever up. Just swap out your magazines, put your other magazine back in there. Uh, uses the same quick pierce system. So this is something you can load up with your paintball or, you know, pepper ball or whatever you're wanting to shoot out of it. 
right. and keep it ready to go. Uh, Velocity-wise, so this is a 50 caliber. I want to say the velocity is somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 feet per second. Wow. Uh, but it's got rail on it if you want to put a little laser or, or right. on it. The you light can, you, shown, you showed earlier. Right? Exactly, yeah. Right. You can put that on there. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I seen that uh, in that picture, and I'm like, whoa, that is sweet. And then I got over here and got to looking, uh, and then you guys have, if you're talking about something similar to that, in the uh in the air gun category uh what is this the broadax yeah yeah the broadax oh, the broadax <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> a pretty that's sweet looking so it's it's essentially the, the same type of gun that does have an exposed hammer right uses a different co2 uh loading type system sure this is just your cheaper traditional yeah uh air air pistol basically co2 air pistol yeah, and, and like the air javelin, this is 100% backyard fun. This is just something yeah. you can go out and, and have a great time in the afternoon plinking cans with. Now the, all the noise. Now there wasn't a hammer on the TR-50, so that's double action only? Correct. Okay, and then is this one double and single? That's correct, yeah, it's double and single. Okay, very nice. Yeah, I may have to look into that then. Uh, this looks like fun. So uh, that looks a lot like the Smith & Wesson. Was it TR8? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we we have license for that, too. And there's an airsoft version of that gun. And most everything that we have, you know, we'll, if it exists in a 177 platform, it's also going to exist in a 6-millimeter airsoft platform. Which, right. Like with some, cause so we do license product for different companies. And, and so Smith & Wesson, Beretta, H&K, Glock, um, and probably – it's almost like it's overrepresented is the H and K line. We've got so many really, really awesome H and K's. Now the Glock has essentially just started. We've had H and K's license for a long time with Glock. We just were able to pick that up just a few years ago. So right. we're playing catch up as far as getting their product line represented in, in either one seven, seven or six millimeter. Right. Uh, but yeah, right. we've got some Berettas that are just, uh, blow you away with how cool they are because in some of these guns even have like even the handguns they have full automatic modes so right <laughs> you can really put a smile on somebody's face with that i've seen that on a few uh airsoft videos that i've watched that those guys man they'll they just open up and you're like whoa hang on a minute that was <laughs> that was full auto in airsoft that's pretty neat yeah no cool uh well i just want to say for for again for those that that are you know, whether you're watching or listening in podcast or whatever, uh, yeah, check out. We talked about Axion Optics, so definitely check out axionoptics.com and uh, umarex.com or umarexusa.com. I'm sorry. Um, and kind of peruse through there. A lot of cool stuff to look at. Um, yeah, with that, that's the websites, obviously. Uh, Mark, you kind of handle the social media. You guys are anywhere and everywhere on that. You want to talk a little bit about that before we get out of here? Oh, gee. Um, yeah, the social media, of course, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, there's new social medias popping up all the time. So right. well, I haven't got all the brands represented on MeWe and uh, uh, Gab and Parlor. Uh, the Umarex brand itself is on all three of those. So I'm working on trying to get uh, over to those as we see fit. It, it ends up being a lot of stuff to end up juggling in, in one day to try to, you know, go to 12, 13 different accounts, you know, <laughs> to get everything in. But um, probably the, the other one is that on the paintball product, uh -huh. uh, that's actually represented under the T4E brand, Training for Engagement. So, Okay. Uh, they're also on social media, I believe. And, and of course their website's going to be T4EGuns.com. Okay. Uh, so that if you want to take a look at the, at the paintball stuff in particular, then, then go there and to T4EGuns.com and you can check out everything. Cause there's uh there's M4 and there's a couple of HK licensed products in there as well uh, to check out as well. Very cool. Well, Mark, it's always a pleasure uh, having you on and, and, chatting air guns and optics and everything else uh, again yeah check out those websites if you're interested out there the uh the live folks that are here thanks for thanks for joining while we recorded this one appreciate it a lot of good questions out there uh and uh 
always appreciate that for sure. If you're listening in audio, uh, replay the podcast world again, check out those sites, look at some pictures and, uh, they're worth a thousand words, many more words than what we spoke today, I'm sure. Uh, and remember that you can always ask questions, do with that, uh, do that in the comments below. Um, I'll usually check those. And if you've got a question, I can shoot that to Mark. I'm sure he doesn't have a problem getting an answer for you, whatever that might be. So, uh, again, Mark, thanks for, thanks for jumping in. Appreciate it, bro. You're welcome. Have a great day, sir. And, uh, everybody else enjoy the weekend. Yeah, we are recording this on a Friday. So enjoy your weekend. Uh, and we'll catch you later. Peace.